Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The show to the annual talk show. Recorded live. I'm waiting for fucking Craigus to chirp for some shit. I don't know. Up late with Mace. Now with more abruptness. Welcome to another edition of Up Late with Mace. By God, we actually got the damn thing working. I'm your host, Mace Paladino. <laughs> and laughing at me in the background is Keith W. Hello, hello. Of course, we also have Petty Fan and the Hizzy. Word. And the Gollix is here. So I am. And the gang's all here, except for Dark Excalibur Wolf, who did not answer the call. Who is the meat pie this week? Enter the call to duty. That's right. I don't know, Sarge. What do you think? Better go find some mail. That's my best call to duty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got a great show for you tonight, I think. Let's start with the news. Keith, what do you got? I'm typing. <laughs> Any time now. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I'm I'm down to uh, we're down to a week and a half before our next convention. So all the crazy fun prep work going on there. I've actually managed to worm my way ahead by an extra page. I've completed three full color pages of Mrs. Arcana since Sunday. <laughs> I was just trucking, and I've got a commission that I've mostly mostly done with now. I think. Um, uh, we uh, we had a, a slight hiccup today. Kelly hurt herself. She fell down and hurt her back. So so I've been trying to help out with her, running back and forth and cooking dinner and stuff. Because dinner, the breakfast of champions. <laughs> <laughs> Bacon and eggs. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> Pork. The other white meat. Baby. Oh. The other other white meat. I just got a link, and it's this thing, and it says, I am a tiny fox tato, and I believe in you. You can do the thing. <laughs> fox, a fox that's curled up in a ball? <laughs> no, it was like a really badly drawn, like, it was like a like a little egg shape with a fox head on it and a tail. <laughs> I was like, Aww. okay. It's oh, kind of cute. Um, but yeah, so we got kind of coming up. I've got one commission that's almost done now, another commission that's in the works, and a novel cover for an ebook that I'm still working on in stages. Um, 
and nudge wink. <laughs> and nudge wink. And nudge wink. <laughs> um, are we talking about the lavenders? Because I had a very long discussion about that the other day. Uh, not yet. We were talking about the other thing that's not the lavenders. You know, the audio book? Oh, yes. Well, actually, I, I uh, talked to David uh, okay. yesterday, day before yesterday, and now that all the crap that has been staggering, staggering and slowing him down is out of the way, he's going to knock out all his recording. Nice. Talked to Leon again today, and his response was, oh, crap, I forgot. And I was like, well, you better get on this. It's like, this ain't a freebie, motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> it's almost free, but not a freebie. <laughs> and uh, I am still working my, my magic on, on getting us a cobalt. All right. So there's that. And once I get back from the convention, I will be spending some more time with the music and working on that end of things. Sounds good. Um, and I'm gonna, uh, speaking of music, I, I'm going to just tell you right now that you're either going to need to reprocess Jared's music or wing it with your own instruments because I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't think we can rely on him. Well, I can, with, with what he's got, I can probably do some, some pulling, but it'd be one of those where I'd want to, I'd want to sit with you and, and, do, and use your ears to help a little bit with some sure. of like, if you need, need some of this, this pulled in this area and some of this pushed away in this I, area, I can do that. It just, I, yeah. I got to say, I'm actually grateful that he redid the opening theme. That was a lot more than I expected him to do under the circumstances. So, yeah, you know, just as long as we give him proper accreditation, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll honor any agreements I made with him because they really weren't contingent upon him reprocessing. That was just a, a bonus request. <laughs> right. He said he wanted to do it because he listened to it and was like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you know to my then 17 18 year old ears these sounded like john williams or um jerry goldsmith and to my more seasoned ears these are not good <laughs> that's kind of the gist of our conversation <laughs> i told him which ones were a priority but he's you know he's he's got a job and a life now so yeah, it's much different than you know ten years ago. Even then, if if I'm I'm writing additional music to go with it, that's going to factor into to the end product too and the sound. So I got to keep that in mind with some of it. But I know not all of it's going to be that way for the purposes of the audiobook. <laughs> You're not going to have like do 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 at the same time, right? <laughs> Fully orchestrated, <laughs> then all of a sudden, you know, it's like what happened. <laughs> Fully articulated metal is the best kind of heavy metal. It's fully as articulated. Proved, as proved by Metallica on no less than a hundred occasions. Metallica oh. and, the, and the Scorpions. The Scorpions with the symphony, like Rocky Like a Hurricane, is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we're done with the audio. Anything else you wanted to share before I move on to the other guys? Um, I can't think of anything specific right now, uh, so maybe later. Okay. <laughs> hold that thought, folks, but don't hold your breath. <laughs> All right, Petty Pan, what have you got? Life sucks. I mean, <laughs> so I learned some, I can't remember if I talked about this, like on Frag, or not Fragments, 
um, MSP or not. Mm-hmm. But apparently for me to get a machine, I'm going to need to come up with 200 extra dollars. Ruby. Yeah. Okay. And that's the best case scenario. Um, Worst actually, case I in- what I was going to offer a piece of advice. Um, you can. You have the possibility to, to talk to uh, some some providers, and depending on your financial situation, your situation with your, your insurance and whatnot, they have a certain number of, of, of very things they can do annually. Um, that's actually how Kelly got her. CPAP was a instead of her having to pay for it because her insurance wasn't going to cover it. So that's a route you can look into. Well, it's like my insurance is supposed to cover it, but sometimes there is extra stuff because I'm on Medicaid. So right, theoretically, it's supposed to doing. cover everything, but apparently sometimes they're assholes and who said I'd probably have to come up with an extra $200. So these CPAP machines usually are a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> um, the cheapest yeah. one I've seen for a mask and whatnot and all that together is almost $1,100. Yeah. They're they're up there in price. So the fact that you're yeah. only paying 200 of it means that Medicaid covered the first 900 <laughs> Right. Yeah, and right. but this I the Medicaid's been having screwy shit done to it lately because the Missouri legislature is a bunch of assholes. Right. So it's more like Medicaid might, might cover nine hundred dollars of it. They won't cover more than that. Yeah. But my insurance may be utterly worthless come the end of September. Which that's going to be fucking glorious. That's that's a pretty sad statement when Missouri is going to have less Medicaid coverage than Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why they're doing this is because they're afraid people would use Medicaid money to get abortion. Oh, even though even though yeah, even, they, even though it's against can't. right, even though it's against federal law to use federal funding for abortions. Not only that, but. You can't even get a medical procedure done on Medicaid unless it's deemed medically necessary. Hey, sometimes abortion can be necessary, like if it's going to kill you. Yeah. And either they don't know how their own program works or they're afraid of that, which if they are, they all need to be run out of office. I I think it's both, actually. (laughs) Well, you know, it's just like that state senator here in Arizona who went around showing how we just don't give out enough money on uh, on food stamps and SNAP benefits to scam the system. And meanwhile, Jamie sits in the line at Sam's Club on a regular basis watching people spend $300 on SNAP benefits to fill their vending machines for their cash business. Yeah. Oh, but nobody's scamming SNAP. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's one case where, they're, where it's actually legitimately right. That for oh, oh, that's a business doing it, so it's okay. Oh man, mm-hmm. businesses shouldn't be regulated. Of course not. <laughs> this is a business that pays no taxes, though, because they're cash and they're not, and they're under the radar. So basically, yep. so basically, all, all the better for them. That means they're not not letting the government steal any of their money. 
Of course not. Anywho, uh, let's see. Galix, what have you got? Uh, I'm on vacation with my family this week, but luckily we managed to find a way I got Skype to work and stuff, so I'm still able to participate in stuff. Yay. And I've been able to play Splatoon 2, which is good because Splatfest is coming up. Autobots versus Decepticons. Uh, which was a rather surprising tie-in, I think, um, for me, at least. And I'm hoping to get some books read, too, but who knows if that's going to happen. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty hot, uh, relying on fans, but, you know, what you can do. And I'm not going to complain about heat viciously or particularly strongly to people from Arizona and stuff, so. <laughs> Good man. Good you man. haven't lived until you've felt, you know, 95-degree heat with 100% humidity. Oh, I would. <laughs> I have an infant from Arizona with text chat with him, so speaking chat, which is not on the end of this, but when I'm typing it, I usually type it as Arizona A. <laughs> you don't even know, dude. I've lived in the South. I've lived on the West Coast. I've lived in Chicago. Okay? And I would take Arizona dry heat over the humid summers and the fucking dragon-sized mosquitoes of the South. (laughs) God, yeah. The alligator-sized roaches (laughs) over... Any of that, man. Just fuck that. It's almost like insects don't like a dry heat. I thought I was beat by a gator and it was a roach. <laughs> and you were like, no. It does as a reference to both temperature and lack of suspicion. It's weird. When the water back up down south. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, German. Cock- I know the feeling. German cockroaches, cockroaches that have uh, evolved into. Uh, doesn't Godzilla have an opponent that's based on a roach? <laughs> I think so. I know he has a moth, but I don't remember a roach. Megalon. Megalon. There you Megalon. go. Yeah, basically. Uh, that was roboted, but thanks. <laughs> I said, oh, is Megalon a roach? But yeah, that sounds... Yeah, so basically Megalon, <laughs> Megalon came out of the sewer in a salt parking lot outside the Bel Air uh, complex in Alabama <laughs> while I was, out, I was out having an iced coffee and taking a walk. <laughs> like, oh, God, insect yeah. assault. Yeah. I have a friend from Florida too, so it's like a shark. It's like a shark dinosaur. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Sharknado. Wait. Uh-huh. All right, but I interrupt. You're, you have me more? Or? Um, done pretty chill other than that. All right. Well, my southern tirades aside. What do we have going on this week? All right, so we're at $843 over 650 on Indiegogo, which means even though we only have two days, two full days left on the campaign itself, we have hit in-demand 
mode, which means that anything over 100% goes into in-demand. I can keep the campaign open indefinitely and take payments via both credit card and PayPal, which is an option we do not have on Patreon because Patreon has they've, – they've basically strictly follow the PayPal guidelines of not paying for pornography, whereas Indiegogo seems to not care. <laughs> as long as you're not money laundering, by all means, have fun. Right. So what this means is we are at $843. If between now and the end of the year we hit $1,300 total as a stretch goal, I'm going to recommission the Genie Handbook, completely rewritten from top to bottom, beginning to end, illustrated by Pritio. Well, I will have to see if I can throw a little bit more at that, probably. Yep. Well, and you've got several months to do it because Pritio is way too busy right now working on contest sketches, uh, Indiegogo rewards, the episode of Blue Grey Rhapsody, and keeping up with our regular ship in a bottle duties, as well as doing commissions to take on any more workload until we hit that goal. So the objective is that we are trying to finish the Blue Grey Rhapsody episode by October early November at the latest, so that way I can offer it as a digital download for sale through drive through Comics. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And it's going to be digital only because there's not enough pages for it to qualify for a print run. You have to have a minimum of 18, I think. Mm. And 18? How does that break? It's 16 is fully generally multiples of 16, I think. Or no, no. Maybe it is 16. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I, I... It might be 16 you know, plus covers. Right. I think that's what it is. So, um, and that's for a saddle staple. I really don't want to combine two episodes together for this because it's a very special one-time thing. We have to put optional extras and bonuses into it to make it available as a download, so be it. But I really don't want to com- do any combined episodes until I put together the omnibus sometime in the spring of next year because we're going to put together an omnibus version of the first 10 chapters of Blue Grey Rhapsody. I've already obtained permission from all of the artists who work with me before the Blitzkrieg, <laughs> as I'm referring to. A-O, let's go? Pretty much, yeah. So basically chapters 7 through 10 are what I'm calling the Blitzkrieg because we're going all the way until we get through that. Unless I start making some money and, and they, they really heavy-duty money, and I'm able to pay off the over $2,000 I floated on my credit card for this whole thing. Uh, after Chapter 10 runs on the site, that's it for Blue Gray Rhapsody for the foreseeable future. I have a book two planned. I have more episodes and fun shit going on, many of which were based on title suggestions Keith gave me. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the first chapter I have in mind is called The Princess's New Clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, but that will not happen unless I get a lot of credit card debt paid off because I don't have any money of my own to fund this project anymore. So what you're saying is send your winning lottery tickets to... Pretty much. <laughs> well, and the other problem is is that 100% of the Patreon money, up to $600, goes directly to Pritio. I don't make a dime off of the Patreon Unless we exceed six hundred, that's kind of the 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 trumped up mess that that we wind up with with the the mission that Canada Patreon is 
about 90% of that money goes straight to me. Uh, we're working on, and that's something that we we're actually putting for our next milestone. It's basically our next milestone will be a raise for me and Jay. So Jay will actually have money in his pocket, not just me <laughs> getting money. Well, I'm pretty well locked into this. I mean, let's take a look here. All right, I can get rid of this tab that says Samsung SSD on because now that I've fixed my little problem here, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> Wait, Samsung is making Superstar Destroyers? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> what was I looking for? Uh, something um, to do with Patreon oh, and locked-in money things. All right, so here's, here's, here's what we have. I'm refreshing everybody on the milestones just in case you haven't heard it recently. Oh, I've got some stuff on my dashboard indicating people have responded to things. Da, 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 da. So we currently sit at $225. Obviously, the first milestone was $200 update one time per week. Now, keep in mind that at $225, we are literally break even because Patreon takes up to 9% of credit card transactions. And about 4% of PayPal, which we can't even touch. I can't tap that audience at all because PayPal is forbidden to us. Right. So On account of the tits. Mm-hmm. Well, if it was just tits, PayPal would be fine with it. True. You could get away with that on R or whatever. Mm-hmm. $400, we increase that update to twice a week every month. So it's going to be something like Wednesday and Friday. And the reason that they're condensed together like that is because we have Peppermint Saga Blueberry Rhapsody currently updating on Tuesday. So I don't want to steal from that audience. And the ideal, the ideal scenario is that if we get Ship in a Bottle up to the third milestone of $600 per month, which is really more realistically like $650, $660, for it to actually be truly break-even, then... Pretty will be updating Ship in a Bottle Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we're going to have to set up a complex PayPal invoicing system and everything because she's going to have to file taxes, and I'm going to have to explain where this money is going on my taxes quarterly. <laughs> ah. yep. So, yes, uh, it gets interesting. I'm for vacation. I guess that's an excuse for being a meat pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, thing. I'm going to update it anyway. Like I said, listen up, guys. I'm going to update it anyway. But we do not, I personally do not make a dime off of this campaign because everything over $200 but under $400, I'm putting back into the comic. I made this promise that until I got over $600, I wouldn't pay myself, okay? So every dime is going into advertising revenue, so that way I can keep attracting new fans. Because I found one site that has hundreds of thousands of viewers on it, on Juicy Ads, that had one lone banner that was $122 a month. And I snagged it, and I put it on auto-renew so they can't dick me on the price. 
<laughs> so, is that a good price for a banner, or for a site that has over four hundred thousand daily page views? That's very good. Yes. The click. Okay. The click-throughs... No, I have no idea what advertising prices are like. The click-throughs from this website are between eight and 27000 depending on the day. <laughs> and so it's worth the investment. <laughs> and that translates out to currently, when I started the advertising in May, we had 340 uh, regular readers. As of today, we have over 1,050. That is a significant increase. Yeah. As per Comic Rank, they do it based on a number of things, you know, IP addresses and all that stuff. Obviously, they can't, they can't calculate people who are masked behind uh, VPNs. Those people are invisible. Such as, such, as you, such as you may do when you're looking at porn. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing it at work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so the boss doesn't get mad. Right. <laughs> So, That's work-related, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's, uh, I'm doing some research for a new advertising campaign. Uh, it's a bit of a high-risk web page. <laughs> but your job doesn't involve advertising. Shut up. <laughs> so here's the fourth milestone. I switched it around. It was going to be Blue Great Rhapsody rated, uh, related, but I changed it because uh, I wish to actually update Peppermint Saga again. And I have hired a colorist at a nominally small... Previews for that? Huh? I think I saw the previews for the colorists. Yep. I put that up on the bottom tier of Patreon so that way everybody could just see it. Because it's a, it's a retread. The, the sample was a retread of a page I had done years ago but for Blue Grey Rhapsody. But I wanted, to, I wanted to feel her out and see if she was any good. So she goes by the name Fallon. It looked pretty good. Yeah. She goes by the name Fallon, and she will be assisting me with the main Peppermint Saga series, for which I have finally penciled a page. <laughs> oh, man. I know. It's been and you, we hear the angels sing in the distance? Mm-hmm. But I don't make a fucking dime off of this until we get to the fourth milestone, which is $800 per month. We've, been sit- we've actually dropped $10 since the last show. So we're going in the wrong direction, peeps. We're going in the wrong direction, peeps. Needs to go the other way. Right. But you see, Keith, this goes back to the thing that I was talking about with you. You were like, all right, well, let's set up a Patreon and get Starship Moonhawk updating again. And I was like, okay, that's nice. (laughs) Um, That's an interesting idea. I hear you. (laughs) But uh, let me counter with this. Pornography. Pornography can barely scrape by with $235 a month because I have spent so much time sabotaging my own reputation in the, in the field that it's going to take a long time for the right people to trust me. And we got one guy who is a extremely generous donor who apparently adores our work. God love him. Mwah, I love you, Uncola man. <laughs> that's like me and my one my one heavy commissioner. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's like you know, and I was talking to Black Walker eighty. He's the guy doing chapter eight, and he he says he says, yeah, I had some unexpected doctor bills because of uh, surprise illness, and um, he was in the hospital, and of course he lives in some 
third world country in Southeast Asia. I, I don't want to pry. It's none of my business. But um, he was saying he had to go to his, quote, secret commissioner and do some unsavory <laughs> comic pages in order to get by last month. That's why I didn't hear from him for almost a month. Because <laughs> uh, he was too busy trying to scrub himself off in a toxic river to make himself feel better. <laughs> Bust out the lie. I think that would have been something. A some... You know, and I think I, I think I speak to all artists uh, who have ever done smut when I say that at some point you end up doing that commission. <laughs> <laughs> You know, me and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 add to this in a second. I'll let you finish. No, go ahead. It's something like me and me and my friend Mitch Faust were talking some year, uh, some two three years ago about about this, and he's he's talking because I mean he he makes pretty good money just doing what he does now. You know, he does you know random graphic novel projects for people and stuff. Uh, he does his own sketchbooks, but we were talking. He says he says there was a time. It says, and I think every artist goes through that, where you find you find this moment where you're drawing, and you're like, "How the fuck did I get here?" <laughs> something, 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 furry incest tentacle scat void. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something, something dark side. <laughs> yeah. So, no, see, I, I could, I am, I am not ashamed to say what that one was for me, where I was like, wait. It was it was this weird fan piece commission that I was doing for somebody of one of the Ninja Turtles, ass fucking a uh, uh, XR from EverQuest. Oh my! Oh my! I was like, <laughs> and it was meant to be a nondescript Ninja Turtle because they didn't have their bandana on. I was like, you can still tell them Ooh. apart unless you suck. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you know what you mean. Oh my god! But yeah, every every step I was like, I was like, I don't think I'm okay with drawing this particular thing. <laughs> but, you know, the I, I've told people about this before. I I am destined for the bad commissioner list. For I am destined I am destined for the for the list of people who should not be commissioned because I spent four years dithering on this one commission that I finally refunded. And what the, and what's amazing to me is that of all the things I've ever been asked to draw, a comic involving humiliation of the characters of Animal Crossing was the thing that finally crossed the line for me. Of oh my... This person has written stories on my forum about being sexually aroused by shoving bugs into another woman's vagina. Didn't even flutter an eyelid. (laughs) You know, shoving mealworms into a person's vagina. Using their... I think you can stop now. Using their intelligent zombie necromancer as the catalyst for this whole thing. Not even a blip. Didn't even hit the radar. But Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) And all it was was nudity and humiliation. And that's it. And it bugged me. And I couldn't do it. (laughs) 
So there you go. Right. There's there's my you're like. Nope. You're like nope. Done. www.shitonmychestplease.com. No problem. <laughs> but Animal Crossing porn too much. Taking beloved children's characters from a famous Nintendo game series and putting them in a situation that I know there is no circumstances that this would ever happen was too much for me. <laughs> so there it is. There's there's my line. <laughs> That's from the guy who did inflation porn and BE porn for a while. That was the BE porn. It wasn't the inflation what? porn. Oh, it was BE porn. Yeah. And, yeah. and lactation. That didn't even, ah, that didn't even bug me in the slide. Oh, yeah, it was kind of hot. What you, oh, you're getting a little wet here. Woo-hoo! Big boobies, yeah, okay, mounds of flesh, oh, all milkmaid, yeah, slightly racist title, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I could have thought of better, but eh, I'm not the one who's in charge here. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, folks, that now that Peppermint Saga is moving forward, you will see the infamous episode that I've been talking about for six years now about the exploding outhouses. <laughs> It's happening. <laughs> I'm scared. Someone hold me. You know, faith air. I wish I could art, and then I hear you guys talk about this, and I'm kind of glad I can't. <laughs> You're like, I'm glad I can't draw because I'd have people asking me to draw. <laughs> you know, at the end of same said chapter, the uh, the disgusting bloviated uh, um, archmage character. Is is going to be rutting like a weasel with uh, with faith in the in the hot springs. Twilight <laughs> uh, Winter says ter- uh, uh, he she it is terrifying. I'm assuming it's a guy. I think it doesn't. But I might be wrong. It doesn't matter. The fact that they're terrified by this whole thing. Peppermint Saga is first and foremost a ludicrous comedy that has pornographic elements to it. It's born with plot, but just barely. <laughs> and there is an overreaching storyline that goes along with the whole thing, and it, I'm guesstimating that I will probably peter out on it after about 24 chapters. <laughs> because unlike Blue-Gray Rhapsody, which is complete random hilarity, insanity, and chaos, Peppermint Saga actually has kind of a point. Uh, although I do have kind of a sequel plan, so it's not meant to ever stop necessarily. It's just that this particular story arc does have a does have an expiration date. So um, now you know. Knowing is half the battle. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Joe, Joe, and all that, but I think we did still some sanity. Yep. I find myself usually breaking my stories up into chunks like that, but I can never judge how long the chunks are. I'm just, I got to tell you guys something, though. I am so grateful for something. I am so grateful that I almost tried to hire Pridio to draw Peppermint Saga in 2012 because it forced me to rewrite a lot of the concepts that were in the early chapters that were just like, what? <laughs> Especially chapter. I have to rewrite it for that. Especially chapter three, which involves them being attacked by tentacle monster. Oh dear. Uh, yep. Chapter. By the way, chapter two has about thirteen or fourteen more pages left in it. Just so you know. So chapter three is almost upon us. If I start updating 
this month, which I am desperately trying to do. So mark your calendars for the end of September is our goal. I'm, my goal is to have four pages done and in the queue before the end of September because so, I've already discussed it with Fallon and she's on board with this. I said, I'm going to give you four pages. They're not going to go onto the website until all four of them are done. And then they will be uploaded on a weekly basis into the queue. We're going to do it once a week. But I'm pretty confident that Chapter 3 will start before January. And so Chapter 3 is the is, is kind of borderline chapter because it does involve monster tentacle rape, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> as long as it's not people raping people, who cares? It's just some mindless creature in the woods. Why did you have to rewrite it for pretty Because it fucking sucked. <laughs> oh, just just when you were looking over and considering getting someone to draw it, you said you realized that you wanted to have a better quality if you were going to hire someone? Yep. And so, I mean, chapter four was actually pretty good. But chapter three was, it was like, man, this is a really super short introductory chapter for the character of Faith. And I was sitting there saying, wow, it's only 19 pages. Let's make it 24. That's first and foremost. And the second thing was, I changed around some stuff. Originally, Peppermint Saga was going to be pure science fantasy, meaning that there was going to be no magic, that all magic was going to be produced by psychics, people with mental powers, so telekinesis, energy projection, all that stuff. And then uh, right around the time I was starting to script Chapter 7, I realized it would be awesome if I added actual magic and made it a weird thing. In In other words, it's extremely rare, and the practitioners of it, are sought out with a touch of both fear and reverence. They're ostracized. Right. To, and, to them, to the sense of, look, I am a guy who uses a ray gun. My best friend can blow your brain up with the power of her mind. The stuff you do is weird. Right. But no, but you see, but then there's another classification because this is science fiction and fantasy boiled together. Okay. What has happened now is there is yet another class in Peppermint Saga. And I'm not sure, I really haven't looked around very much at other science fiction and fantasy crossover media, but I'm sure that something like this exists. But for me, I call them Esper Mages. And what they are is psychics who can also use, uh, you know, who can also use magic for both healing and for attacking. I think they do something similar to that in a certain magical index. Right. I think that's the name of the show. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, no, I'd have to look it up. It's free on... Um, what? Um, I was going to say Certain Magical Index is free on Funimation's YouTube channel if you wanted to go check it out. Cool. And what were you going to say? Magical, magical Index and Scientific Railgun. Magical Index is a little bit more on the magic side, I think, and Scientific Railgun is a little more on the other side. Right. But yeah, I suppose the usefulness of an Espermage classification depends on how uh, se- how separate their, their abilities are, because in some places they use psychic powers to excuse things that would be magic in other series, but in some things they're more different. Yep. Now, um, chapter f- chapter four, as you know, is the exploding outhouses, and it's called pickled pixies, <laughs> and uh, it, it involves the crew 
as they're as they're basically running from the bad guys in this series, mm-hmm. they stumble across this uh, village of fairies in the woods, and this is where a, a lost main character from the series come in. She has not appeared in Blue Gray Rhapsody yet. Um, there are there are two major characters that are outlined uh, briefly in the FAQ on the Peppermint Saga webpage, or at least alluded to or referenced at some point. Uh, one is a fairy character named Prin, and uh, the other one is a. I want to call her a Lich Queen. Hmm. Because she is a bit of a necromancer, and she's also undead. She's a phylactery. What's that? She's a phylactery. Is that the corrupt proper name for it? No, well, the, no the phylactery. The for phylactery which, is the uh, thing that the keeps they, their soul in. Their okay. soul in. They keep yeah, you know, yeah. In order to kill one, you have to define the phylactery and destroy it. Okay, it's kind of like the horcrux otherwise, in Harry Potter. <laughs> Kind of. If if you kill a lich's body, their body will be destroyed, but they'll regenerate. But their soul will return to phylactery and regenerate a new body. Mm. Okay. Well, her name is Justice, and she was one of the four heroes along with Truth <laughs> a thousand years ago that faced the the uh, the great threat to Daguerrean society. And so she's over nine hundred. She's over nine hundred years old. She's over a thousand years old, and uh, still looks smoking hot <laughs> because she made a business of creating sex toys for the undead, <laughs> and found ways to bring the living and the unliving together in harmony. <laughs> so that explains the tagline of the series. Uh, Peppermint seeks truth, justice, and possibly a three-way with both. <laughs> now, were the uh, I, I, I assume one of the other heroes wasn't named American, but do they all have similar idea ideal names, or was it like Truth, Justice, Stephen, and? <laughs> Stephen, Neil, and Bob. I know. I was, I was going to say Stephen and Heliotrope or something. <laughs> well, the character of Faith has an ironic name. Uh huh. Um. Let's see. Prin. She's the Heliotrope. <laughs> she doesn't really. Ha- Her name doesn't really have any special meaning, other than I thought it would be cool to name a fairy Prin. It's a sort of slightly stock name. It's probably originally wherever you first heard it derived from being pudding in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Heliotrope, by the way, is a particular shade of pink. I know it is. I've read... Uh, oh, what the fuck was that series? Oh, that one by that uh, lady. That person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that... Uh... Jennifer Diane Reese, I think. Yep. Yeah, that one. I also read the the predecessor series to that, and it was surprisingly good. And you don't have to read it to get what's the name? It was something something. Unicorn was, Jelly. Yes, Unicorn Jelly. And it was I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It was extremely cathartic, though. 
Oh my God! You you talk about you talk about uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion coming from a dark place. Mm-hmm. These stories were dark, <laughs> and I think they were truly a catharsis. And when that catharsis was over, then the series kind of ended. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know the concept the concept of the world plates and the infinite universes and everything like that was just mind boggling. Yeah, there was some very interesting world building in Pastel Defender Heliotrope. That's what the name of the series. Yes. And what's funny is a lot of people ridicule people who like that series. I Uh, I think some of it, from what I've read, some of the criticism relates to the author as a person, but I don't remember or know all the details of that. Fucking fucking dickbags need to go jump on a fire. (laughs) Because haters going to (laughs) hate. I uh, I I I followed that series. I got sucked in and followed that series religiously, in spite of in spite of the slightly off-putting artwork. I followed that mm-hmm. series religiously for over two years. Oh no, I, I I liked Unicorn Jelly. I just when I was surprised to learn that some people had negative opinions of some of the stuff. Some of the it was referencing to the person who did it. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't remember the details because it's been years since I looked any of this up. Hmm. Well, back on my subject of peppermint saga, I'm, and the reason I'm refer- no, 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 that's fine. That was a good tangent, but uh, uh, some of the the reason that I'm covering all of this is because I think it's important to reinvest my fans into the process since they have been so fiercely neglected for such a long time, and they're like, "Well, Mace, how did you all get? How did you get started in this whole pornography thing?" And it's like, well. You know, I worked for White Lightning. I thought Chris Overstreet was kind of a, a dick face. And I got over that. But I thought I could do better. And I kind of did. But I didn't succeed. Whereas he's going to conventions and making money, and, you know, people recognize him, at least over the Internet, as, quote-unquote, a name. Yeah, most of his money some is of- from his T-shirt sales. Still, it doesn't matter. You know, the simple fact of the matter is, is he makes a living doing what he wants to do. I'm still punching a clock. Ironically, you had some of the same issues involving an artist go round, but there is that, and I was part of that problem as much as anybody. Uh. <laughs> I can I can honestly say that that uh, while Keith may have been credited with the destruction of abstract gender. <laughs> I am credited. I am credited with the destruction of Magnificent Milkmaid. <laughs> it was because of my lackadaisical updating pattern and my constant chronic problems and not being able to carry the carry the popularity of the series into donation territory so that it actually made a profit uh, caused Chris Overstreet to reevaluate whether his Original magnum opus that basically launched White Lightning was even worth continuing. And it has remained without artists or updates since April of 2011. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There was there was some interesting stuff there for a fun sort of sex comedy superhero deal. But I think it I think it got off track a long time ago. And what the only thing that bugs me about it is Chocolate Milk may supposedly all of these adventures take place within a one year period and then they jump into college with Chocolate Milk Maid 
and Beth is all Beth Dorman, who plays the uh, who is the the magnificent milkmaid, uh, is also in that series somehow having basically learned how to control her powers and this and that. And it's only a year later, and I'm just like, oh, we start out in high school, and it's a little gross, and yeah. So I kind of got it. And all, the, and all the stuff involving the mom was really weird. So. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't even want to get there. I was starting to actually. If you guys have ever read Magic Chicks by uh, Giselle Lagachi, who mm-hmm. uh, who um, who does Menage a Trois, that got into some of the same territory with the whole magic motherfuckers as to the reason why certain things are the way they are. I have two moms, and they're both genetically related to me. What? Did they ever say they were both genetically related? Yes, they were merged together, and then all of a sudden, oh, right, one got right. pregnant, and bam, there you go. There's uh, there's Melissa, <laughs> who has who now that I now that they actually have a respectable artist working on the series, you can actually see the physical resemblance between Melissa Hellrune and her two parents. <laughs> when her when her one mother isn't disguised as someone else, and right, yeah. Yep, yep. So, so yeah, that happened, and um, so I was like, okay, that that, and I don't know. It just the whole circumstances of let's push this barely legal girl into this situation. And I was like, eh, I don't know. To have I like to have my characters in their early twenties, so that way I just avoid that whole question right from jump. Especially, especially I suppose picture <laughs> of high school works a little bit better for some of the plot pressures being involved there. Right. Like in terms of the availability of milk particularly. Right. But it it definitely gets a little squicky with the age issues. All right. So I'm going to wrap up tonight's show with, uh, with one last sneak peek at Peppermint Saga, and that is Chapter 5. And I'm kind of dreading this one, and I'll tell you why. I had written all of Chapter 5 on another laptop, and the hard drive died. <laughs> mm. I, I had this crappy old Windows 95 with Office 95 installed on it, and I would use it for writing. I, yeah, me and George R.R. R. Martin and our ancient machines, right? And I had the whole fucking thing written out, and it was based on a concept slipped to me by my now Christian evangelical friend Dan. Back when he was more liberal, he he sent me that he said I got this funny idea, I said uh, about this uh, mad scientist whose body is shaped like a penis, <laughs> and he called him Doctor Dykter. Yes. Well, I've decided that Doctor Dykter is not going to be shaped like a dick, but Chapter Five is called. <laughs> Chapter five is going to be interesting, and it's lightly based on the concept that he fed me about. Uh, it, it's kind of a filler chapter between four and six, but uh, it's a it's a storyline where Peppermint and Company. Now that we've almost got the band all together, uh, Peppermint and Company stumble onto a sex cult. Now, as you know, there's a sex goddess in the series named Tilandra. Yeah, well, this sex cult is dedicated to a more obscure sex goddess, who is also evil. <laughs> because of course. Right. So because good gods usually don't eat cults. Right. And I mean, 
usually. There's going to be a little mad science involved in this episode, too, so... But a curious case of doctor. (laughs) And they stumble onto his compound and get caught by his acolytes, and hilarity ensues. So... Uh That's the first five chapters of Peppermint Saga in a nutshell. All right, I'm going to dial in. Uh, Keith, get ready to play some music. And you guys got any finishing thoughts while I'm wrapping that up? I don't think so. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. No, yeah. no wiggling. All the wiggling. All right, we're dialed in. So I guess uh, at this point I have to say is uh, keep an eye. For those of you who are already members of the Patreon, keep an eye on that. I, I have put up a notice stating that if you are on the $15 and higher tier, you must be vetted on the show before we let you talk. I can't emphasize that enough. I'm not going to put up with any more shit. Yeah. <laughs> that really upsets me, especially when the same ding-dong calls in her twice and tries to run a different version of the same scam. Not happening, folks. Otherwise, please come uh, to would like to get on the show and interrogate me about... Peppermint Saga, Ship in a Bottle, or Peppermint Saga, Blue Gray Rhapsody, or any other adult project I'm working on, let me know. Uh, until next week. And, of course, don't forget to tune in to Moonhawk's Videos Presents. It's on Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. on the coast. Until then, I'm your host, Mace Palladino, saying thanks for listening and stay safe out there. guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.